I get a phone call from Carl. And he said, Kathy, you can't tell anybody, but we got it. We got it. And I went, oh no, we got it. <laughs> Holy, I haven't been to a workshop about FASD since the 1990s. Hello, everyone, and thanks again for joining us on PopFast podcast series, FASD Through a Variety of Lenses. In this series this season, we took a look at FASD through a variety of perspectives in hopes to get a better understanding of how we can support our students in the classroom. Today, we're going to have a bonus episode. We're going to sit down with Stacey Wakabayashi, who's taught with PopFast for 12 and a half years, and Kathy Hughes, who is one of the founding members of this program. And I'm excited to hear about PopFast and how it has evolved and grown from this small program in northern BC to having an impact worldwide. In fact, we just reached over 233,000 views on the videos that we've uploaded, uh, including um, we get about over a couple hundred visitors to our website each day. And uh, each year we average about around 2,000 BC educators that we meet and support face-to-face. So uh, this program has grown massively since its early inception. And I'm just excited to hear if this is kind of what they had planned and what led up to it being the program that it is today. All right, I'm excited. So why don't we start off by letting Stacy Wakabayashi introduce Kathy Hughes. When I think about PopFest, I think about Kathy Hughes. And I do want people to know that prior to coming to PopFest, Kathy was a highly respected educator, not only in this district, but in the province, especially in the area of uh, alternate education. And some people don't know that Kathy was the founding president of the BC Alt-Ed Association and was president for many years. She was awarded the Hazel Davy Award, award that was given out to a special educator annually uh, through the Special Ed Association. And this blew me away. There was, there's actually an award given every year to an, an alternate teacher in British Columbia uh, for innovation, innovative work in Kathy's name. Whoa. And yeah. I'm still alive. Yeah. So do you remember when I first saw oh, that, yeah, that, yeah. that poster that said yeah. the Kathy Hughes Innovative Award? Yeah. My first my comment to her was, don't you have to be dead to get one of those? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I just want people to know that that was her history. Uh, so she had quite a, she was well known provincially prior to coming to PopFast, but in my belief, PopFast was her greatest legacy. So okay, but I do have to jump in because something like the PopFast team only works as a team. And we had amazing support mm-hmm. from a lo- our administrator, Carl Ansarello, who really spearheaded and put all his vision into the inception of the program. And not only that, but we had incredible support from Bill Stand, even from the Ministry of Education. Mm-hmm. I mean, he took a gamble. Yes. You know, we were just these little kids out in the outpost. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just said, yeah, you, yeah. Guys, you guys can do this. Yeah, and I, and I remember that original proposal. And um, uh, Stace knows because our first team gathering and I've done this every year, is I pull out that original proposal document because it's such a 
forward-thinking document, something that was written in, I guess it was 2005, probably, um, and there are still aspects of that proposal that we are still getting to. And so just the ideas that he was thinking about then around using technology to deliver this information, uh, we're doing so much of now. And having um, you know a repository of resources you know, through a website is something that we're very close to having you know, a revamped way of for educators to find resources. So such a great document. So I'm curious, uh, back in 2006, did the Ministry of Education come out and say we want a number of different provincial outreach programs? And uh, did that kind of spearhead and start uh, PopFast as well as PopArt and the other Pops? Okay, well, or was it the brainchild of Carl and yourself and proposing that to the Ministry of Ed? Okay, and, and jump in anytime, Stacey. Mm -hmm. um, historically, I tried to review this in my brain. And the first significant development which really spurred the formation of the Provincial Outreach Program was the new Canadian Guidelines in 2005. So that was the Canadian Guidelines for Diagnosis of Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder. Each province then took those guidelines, those were Canadian Guidelines, and said, okay, what are we going to do here in the world of education, working with the Ministry for Children and Family Development and health. And so it was a multi-pronged approach. At that time, there were seven other provincial programs in operation. So the call for submission of expression of interest, as embedded in my brain, yeah. <laughs> went out in 2005 to every single school district in the province. And I remember getting a phone call from Carl Anzarello who at that time was called Director of Student Services. Yes. I, in the olden days, we called it Special Ed. And Carl phoned me and he said, I gotta talk to you about this. And so I went over and met with him and I had worked for Carl, with Carl for years and years and years in my role as resource teacher for community-based and school-based alternative education. That job allowed me to interact greatly with the community um, and we had a number of services and programs that were in community-based locations and interagency staff working together. <clears throat> so Carl called me, I went over to see Carl and he said, we gotta do this, we gotta apply for this, but I will only do it if you agree to take the lead. <clears throat> so when you look at this wonderful document that basically Carl and I and a group of people wrote, um, for the expression of interest, it really was a multi-faceted document. And the question was, does this community have the capacity to host this program? Carl's job was to get together with school district and say, will the school district support the development of this program? But you can see all of Carl's rationale, philosophy, and orientation in the document. Yeah. Problem solving, integrated case management, positive approach, communication network, um, action plan. The big one and what made us so different was the steering committee. Yes. That we have representatives from, we, we went into a regional geo cluster and we created the geo clusters in accordance with the Ministry of Health. So you've got the north, you've got the center, you've got Vancouver Island, you've got the lower mainland, and then you've got the Kootenays. We went with that model, 
because again, we wanted an integrated approach mm -hmm. to working with teachers of kids with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. So we really wanted that intercommunity connection. Mm -hmm. Then yeah. fast forward, so the proposal was written, and the Friday before spring break in 2006, I get a phone call from Carl. And he said, Kathy, you can't tell anybody, but we got it. We got it. Huh. And I went, oh no, we got it. <laughs> Holy, I haven't been to a workshop about FASD since the 1990s with Keen Warner from White Crow. Yeah. We co-facilitated her presenting in the district. And it was like a workshop with 100 people. So I knew that there was a three-day workshop happening in Burns Lake. And I bullied my way into the workshop through Anne. And at that time, CNC had an incredible program in Burns Lake, um, operated by Anne. Garashi. <laughs> what a memory. Yeah. Um, so I bullied my way into the workshop. My thought was, I'm an avid cross-country skier, and I can go out to Burns Lake, take this three-day workshop, and ski. <laughs> so I was in, and Anne let me in. So that was um, an excellent, excellent way for me to get caught up mm -hmm. on the research to learn about the guidelines and to and to connect with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and wasn't the steering committee, the original idea with the steering committee is that they would be a group that was only together for the first year or two of our existence, yes. and then they were gonna go away, yeah, yeah. Uh, because then we would be okay. But what we found was how valuable that group was to, to us, because we were, at the time, two teachers, a tech and a half-time clerical, um, trying to come up develop this program uh, without that information from all parts of the, the province. So the steering committee provided us with that uh, and provided that guidance, but it was so valuable. Uh, it went from being in existence for one or two years to continuing to be in existence today and being a valuable part of what we do. Has it always stayed the same number of members in the steering committee? committee? Yes. Yeah, because oh. it was organized based on the regions. the health regions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. that original organization is what we still do today. Now, did you add anybody into the Kootenays? Well, we yes, we did. Uh, so we have we had initially member Sue Thompson yeah, yeah. is our only uh, original member who's a uh, steering committee member left who's still with us. Um, and what we did partway through is we brought in somebody else to help her because her interior yeah, area yeah. was so so big and so that's the area that Jennifer Turner from oh, Rocky okay, Mountain great. District yeah. yeah has taken on. Yeah. And since you mentioned Sue Thompson I have to give yes. her a, a positive stroke here. Sue is the first person from the steering committee who took the risk of asking Stacy and I to present our first workshop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Need I say more? It was our very first. Yes, and thank goodness it was Stacy with his hockey background. Oh, yeah. Because we barely survived. I barely survived. I don't know how you, how you yeah. felt about it, but it was a tough goal. We had never presented together. Um, we had never presented on FASD. Mm -hmm. uh, it was and, the and first presentation never, of the program. And I had never presented well, ever before. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of faith from Sue. Oh, it, it, man, it, yeah, yeah, it was pretty high stress. Kathy and Stacy, uh, were there any other FASD experts that you can recall that really helped out at the beginning? Because you said this is your first presentation, your first kind of... Um, Go at it. Were there any anybody? Was there yeah. any FASD experts that you consulted yeah. to kind of help? Yeah, before create? Kathy responds to this, because I know there were a lot of people that helped her before even I came on board, is 
is that one of the things, one of the benefits, I think, of having Kathy in the role at that early stage was that she had the ability to bring these people in and to engage these people in what we were doing. And so for me, that was an amazing part of that early work and such an important part because a big piece of what we were doing was to establish credibility, not only in the field of FASD, but in education as well. So. You have to imagine that, um, you know, many of the people in the field were in a process of responding to and being really excited by the fact that we did have the guidelines. I mean, this was brand new. It's something that people have been advocating for for years. Um, but what Stacy mentioned about the community piece and being able to gather people together was largely based on a lot of the work I did with the BC Alt-Ed Association. Mm. So I. I basically in, intuitively knew how to bring people together mm -hmm. and following Carl's model, focusing on the positive and the problem solving. And to this day, that's still my modus operandi for any volunteer work I do. Um, so bringing that group together, but you also have to imagine that here we are, two neophyte startups from Prince George being the experts in fetal alcohol. So we really did have to build our credibility. Mm -hmm. And we started that first summer, Stacy, Corey, and myself all went to a, to parts or all of a four day training, which was given by Key Warner and it, and it was called White Crow. Yes. And so we went to that four day intensive training. The training was intensive because you were there as professionals living and working and learning with families. Mm. So it wasn't like I was seeing the kid in the classroom or Stacy was seeing the kid in the classroom and then the door shut and you might talk to the parent. But this was living 24-7 with the families. And I think, so Key Warner was absolutely instrumental. Mm -hmm. And this is maybe jumping ahead. I was trying to think of perhaps the second summer when I went back for another training mm -hmm. and I took a student with me because yeah. she wanted to learn. Yeah, you actually went to the White Crow camp. Yes. You actually went to their week-long camp. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember sitting and talking with Key Warner, the, the absolute guru, in what, one of many gurus in British Columbia, and saying to her, Key, what can we do that's going to make a difference for, for teachers? Um, and I brought out an old document that was called ICEL, ISIL, Instruction Curriculum Environment Learner. And I said, you know, is this something that we can adapt? And she looked at it and she said, Kathy, absolutely not. She said, it's the learner first. And that was the birth of the Learner Environment Instruction Curriculum document. And it was just that simple conversation with Kim, yeah. saying, no, you're a teacher, you focus on instruction, but we're talking about the kid. We're talking about the learner. So you must put the learner first. Yeah. And I think maybe that was that second year. Yeah. I think we had muddled around the first year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Trying to figure out how to make videos. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so uh, you know, who else do you think about as oh. far as the experts? Because oh. we had we had some oh, of the most yeah. prominent names yeah. in, in, the, in the field help us at that yeah. early stage. Um, I, I think for me, and again, Stacy and I went to Oregon for a training with Diane Melbourne. And the connection with Diane was phenomenal. And I guess she reinforced one of my attitudes towards teaching, which is we have to think outside the box. We have to try differently. 
not harder. And that became embedded in my brain as, as the main message that I wanted PopFast to have. And it, it, it was also almost an oxymoron because the ministry requires us to have such documented box-like responses to kids. And then we're saying to teachers, no, 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 think outside the box. Yeah. Like, get away from the form and think about the kid. And what's going to work for the kid? What does the kid like to do? So it was kind of a mixed message. Mm -hmm. But Diane Melvin and her book, Trying Differently, Not Harder, yeah. were just so instrumental. Yeah. And Diane was always around to support us. She really was. And, and what I remember about Diane is being in Portland, being in a very cool restaurant in downtown Portland. Uh, Kathy had wandered away somewhere, so it was just Diane and I at the table. And what I, what I remember about that conversation is, is Diane looked at me and she said, Stacy, in this work that you're going to do, she said, you only need to share this one nugget of information. That's what she called it, a nugget of information. And then she held out her hand with her palm up and she said, the nugget is this. All you need to do is to make sure that educators understand FASD as a brain injury. And she said, if you share that one nugget of information, educators will know what to do with it. And so, and that, that one statement has stayed in my head and has meant so much to, to the way PopFest has evolved for, for, for all of us. And so that was such a, a, a pivotal moment for me. Yeah. I, I think pivotal moment for you and for me as well. When I think about the number of years I have spent working as an educator in the school district and prior to that at Burnaby Mental Health, um, trying to figure out kids' behaviors and just not getting a grasp. And in those days, we called the kids gray area. When I look now, wishing I knew then what I know now, it would have made such a difference in understanding the kids I was working with. Yeah. And, and it was that, yeah. Yeah, and that's such a common response that we still get today mm -hmm. from educators who are hearing this information for the first time. And uh, it's, it's amazing that kind of, you see them making that shift just as they're, as they're hearing the information. Uh, so it still holds true today. Um, you know, you know, I think about some of those other names like Dr. Oh, Sterling yeah. Claren uh, and his wife Sandra <laughs> and how they helped us and uh, Jan Lutke and, um, you know, all of these people are so, who are so prominent in this field and how willing they were to help us at that early stage. And, and I think why they wanted to help us was they recognized that we didn't come across as experts. We came across as facilitators and that was always our role was to glean relevant information from the professionals around us and then present it in a way to educators that educators would understand. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I flashed through in my brain the other day, um, how many people helped us? Um, and, be, and again, we're working inter-ministry, right? So we're working with health. And you mentioned Christine Lilly, Christine Locke, Sterling Claren, um, Liz Bradberg. And then there was Ministry for Children and Family Development. And Ann Fuller mm -hmm. would come every year to district partner training and give us an update on what was going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Key Warner, White Crow, Kenny from White Crow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so many experts. You mentioned uh, Dr. Liz Bredberg, and, and you know, I often think back to those times and how tough she was on us. Oh, man. And, and, but 
for me, when I think back to what she shared with us, it was probably the most impactful feedback that I have ever been given. And when we got kind of approval on the message that we were giving and the way we were giving it from her, um, that's when I knew we were on the right path. And uh, so as difficult as that was to get some of that feedback because she was pretty blunt with us, um, <laughs> it certainly helped us to move move forward in, a, in, a, in, a, in the right way and helped us to gain that credibility in the field. So you have this small team coming out of Prince George. Yep. You're just getting started. You're getting all this support from different uh, experts in the field. And... What were some of the challenges and obstacles that you faced? Well, I think Stacy mentioned that, um, you know, everybody had an invested piece in this. And they had a way of doing things. And then again, you get these two neophytes who come in. Yeah. And so certainly Liz challenged us, challenged us all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it was good. Yeah. And I think it's credibility that, that I remember because I remember our very first district partner training days. I don't know if you remember that, but I, I is so vividly burned into my head, feeling so intimidated. Two teachers with limited knowledge of FASD running a two day training with a room full of people who, had, who likely had more information about FASD than we did. <laughs> And we, we struggled through that first day. And I remember at the end of it, people, the district partners, we could hear them talking. And they were kind of <laughs> questioning, who are these two? But what I remember, and I think for me, this was a turning point, was the next day, was day two. Because on day two, we had Diane Melvin speak. And she brought it all yeah. together. And so the district partners went, oh, I, I hear what they're saying or what they're trying to do. And after Diane spoke, she really brought everyone together. And then we brought out our leak page for the first time. And, and remember how long it took us? Because we didn't have printed copies. We drew the leak page on chart paper. Uh, I don't know. We had probably made 20 copies of those on great big chart paper. And when people saw that leak planning tool, they went crazy. They saw, so what Diane said, they tied it to the leak page and they saw how this was gonna help educators in their districts. And for me, that was a turning point. Then everyone all of a sudden went, hey, these two, something's good, something good is going to happen here. So that's what I remember about that first district partner meeting. Well, and I think the important thing most of them showed up the second day. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we honestly we, didn't know yeah, if they we, would come back. <laughs> we talked about that after day one. Oh, I remember well. that. Do you think they'll come back? It's like, well, Diane's here, so I think they will. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm going to just reminisce a bit on my first visit. So, so Carl phoned me, right, March 8th, and he said, okay, we got this, or March whatever, before spring break. We got this, we got this. Off I went for training. And then he said, and I've got a person in mind to be the other teacher. So I came back from that training. I was working um, full-time at PGSS at that point. I had left the community and gone back to a school setting because I felt really out of touch with what was going on in the schools. So I went back to, PG I went to PGSS. Then I had to negotiate um, going half-time, starting right away with PopFast to start getting things rolling. And uh, 
So Carl says, I got just the person for this. He said, I want you to go over and meet Stacy Wakabayashi. I'm kind of going, okay. I did all my teaching at secondary. You know, I did not know people in the elementary school system. Um, so I, I think I phoned up Stacy and I said I'd like to come and visit. And he gave me a time to come and visit, and I was very prompt and on time. <laughs> and I knocked on the door, and he opened the door, and the classroom was, the kids were spinning. Just <laughs> spinning. And I'm going, oh, yeah? Oh, this is great. Uh, and he said, he closed the door in my face, and he said, come back later. <laughs> I'll never ever forget yeah. because to me that just really emphasized Stacy's passion for putting the needs of his students first and that has always always for the 12 years 13 years been the passion behind PopFast it's kids first mm -hmm. so um, no, that was a real learning yeah, curve. Yeah. Anyway, eventually I did get to meet him, and I was just so excited. I got to work with a hockey player who yeah. <laughs> loved working with kids. Yeah. How interesting yeah. that, because uh, I was familiar that Stacy Wakabashi, after working for PopFest, did part-time at Dutchess Park, and then uh, just getting back into that classroom setting, and I did not know that about yourself, that you went back to PGSS, and I think that also adds to that authenticity to PopFast and that wanting to to experience and to mm -hmm. know what it's actually like in yeah. the classroom. Yeah. And I think what Kathy said earlier about taking the information from the experts in the field and I think amongst when we talk experts we not only mean you know the medical people and the, the researchers in the field but we're talking about the parents mm -hmm. and individuals who live with FASD were really the true our true teachers but it was about taking that information and um, synthesizing it putting it back out there in a way that teachers understand and I think it was so important that that information was coming from experienced teachers mm -hmm. so important yeah, yeah, yeah we had the stories to tell um, because we just lived them mm -hmm. uh, you know that story that I shared at Lakewood you know with that kid um, so yeah it was part of our, our daily reality yeah. which really made a difference and I think yeah. that's why the field yeah. the experts accepted us yes because we were coming from the heart and from mm. experience yes we weren't just taking their work and translating it but we were actually encouraging others to to use yeah. that information yeah the, the other thing your question around the early challenges oh. and things you know technology um, was a huge obstacle for us and we were two people who um, never been in front of a camera, never had to create videos, didn't know how to do any of this stuff. And our tech at the time, Corey, yeah. uh, was a trooper and he took the time to learn all of that. But it really was a learning process. Oh, yeah. But I can remember spending hours to capture a 30 second opening for a video. Um, um, and then having to go through the process of editing these things. I remember Kathy having to get her glasses tinted <laughs> at some point because the glare off the lights was, was kind of affecting everything. And then everything. they banned me from ever touching any of the e-learning <laughs> yes. videos. And they said, no, you are not yeah. editing. Yeah. Oh, but no, I was thinking about that too, Stacy, and that early beginning and, and Corey's great attitude. Um, he was a trooper to work with. We also had external help from Ron Jacklin. Right. And Stacy, Corey, and I were so proud of our first e-learning video, and we sent it to Ron for 
feedback, and they just said, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was said, their feedback. You yeah. cannot use this, this is awful. <laughs> it's like talking heads. Yeah. So then we went overboard and started looking for very creative ways. Yes, yeah. But, uh, when I look at the website now, and um, I just marvel at what you folks have yeah. done as Yeah, team. but still, you know, out of all the videos that we have, my favorite, is your secondary disabilities oh, one at, at with, way. Uh, all way with the skiing and connecting, you know, trying to ski with poor equipment, poor instruction, that whole idea of poor fit. And, and then using the analogy of when you have good instruction, when you have good equipment, mm -hmm. that everything falls into place. So making that analogy. So it's my favorite. Oh, neat. We are having to oh. change it oh, no. because the terminology, we're moving away ah. from secondary disabilities and we're now referring to those as impacts. Ah. Um, so we may have to have you come back okay. and re-narrate at Strap some point. Skis. Yeah, because okay. we still want to keep we want to keep that skiing analogy yeah. for sure. Uh, so we may have to have you come back and narrate. No, that would be good fun. I just want to mention one other thing. So the first time that, um, in terms of the steering committee, so basically Bill Standeven, who was Ministry of Education. What was his title, Stacy? He was director. Director. Yeah. For special education. Yeah. So I believe he took it upon himself to connect with every single school district after we were awarded the program and asked for volunteers to sit on the steering committee for one year. And again, we had it broken into geographic clusters. But my job was to bring these people together, and that was before you were yes. around. You mm -hmm. were still in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Carl had the halo on your head. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was Corey, Carl, and me who went to Vancouver. I had to organize this meeting and everybody said, well, you have to have it in Richmond. It's cheaper than Vancouver. Well, I don't know Richmond. So I end up booking this hotel in the middle of nowhere oh. <laughs> because it was cheaper than Vancouver. Oh. Oh, <laughs> and I still distinctly remember, again, poster papers on the wall and the steering committee, I think it was a two-day meeting, the steering committee going around and just writing their ideas about what they needed in terms of service, how that service would be delivered throughout the province, what they wanted in terms of resources. But it was, you know, again, it was such a scary meeting. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, thank goodness Carl is here mm -hmm. because he's got that provincial um, provincial connection. I didn't know any of these people. They were all directors of special ed, right. pretty much, mm -hmm. or pretty close to yes. from around the province. And that was, yeah, yes. that was probably one of the most anxious days of my life yeah, yeah, was surviving the first steering committee meeting yeah. in some remote location. And they all said to me, what are we doing out here? Because educators like to go to Richmond so they can shop. And believe me, there was no shopping where we were located. Yeah. So you take yeah. all these ideas from the steering committee and you create PopFast September 9th, 2006, International FASD Awareness Day. And did you, did you envision then what PopFast could be now. Now that you look at what uh, it, it, it's uh, the way that uh, content is shared and presented and, and um, how much it's grown and the impact that it's had. If you think back to 2006, could you, could you envision what it's now? Absolutely not. Um, what, what you guys have done with, what you all have, what PopFast has done 
in terms of the whole tech piece. You know, my expertise was the people piece, making connections um, with people. Stacy's expertise was, okay, we can make the connections, but we've got to give them the knowledge. What's the best way to give them the knowledge and the tools? So I'm just blown away. I was on the website about two, three, four weeks ago. Thank God you're finally getting a search engine. <laughs> How many years? It's coming, yeah. Okay, because I was looking for resources for my niece, who's a teacher in William Slate. So it was really neat. I was able to go onto the website and look at the changes in the planning tool, mm -hmm. look at the e-learning vid videos, and then look up the district partner, and I was able to send all that to my niece and say, here's what you need to do, here's where you need to go. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that perspective because uh, for me, I, I'm not surprised the way it's turned out because um, Kathy put us on the path to, to allow us to be where we are. And um, so to me, Kathy's kind of like um, uh, the birth mom of PopFast. Can I say that? <laughs> because she developed. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> she developed. She nurtured. Um, she molded this program early on and set the foundation just like a parent does. And when we got to that certain stage, she had us pointed in the right path. And the reason that I've remained here for, for the last 12 years is because it, that vision for me that came from Kathy and Carl was so important for me to see that vision happen. And so for me, I'm not at all surprised that it's turned out the way it has because for me, that vision was made so clear uh, right from the get-go. And just to throw some numbers at you, just to put it into context, last year and within the recent years, it's around two to 3,000 teachers, educators, face-to-face -face that PopFast wow. presents to. Over 46,000 views on YouTube from all across the world. That was 2016 wow. stat. So the impact that PopFast is having on the educators every year, every day, is massive wow. and so to think of of sitting down oh, next yeah. to you and and stacy uh it's 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 humbling uh to see how um pop fast has come from 2006 you know a small team struggling with tech you know piecing things together in these first workshops piecing things together in these steering committee and trying to get these DPs to trust you to the brand, the um, just the, what PopFest has become today is mm -hmm. just yeah. impressive. Yeah, and I think, it, I think when people think about PopFest, I think what we established very early on is that we are a program that tends not to say no to people. And because very early on, what it became is educators across British Columbia, they view PopFast as a program that won't say no. Instead, we'll say, well, we may not be able to do this, but here's what we can do. And I think that is such an important part of our culture. And that's how we're known. And, um, you know, that's why many people out there refer to us as their favorite pop. Whoa. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it, and, and that all came from Carl. Mm -hmm. Positive, problem solving, communi communicative, yeah. acknowledging that you're taking an interest and getting in touch with us, and sort of an immediate response. Uh, we worked long hours because we were just gratified with, with what we were doing. You know, we loved the fact that somebody would contact us and say, help. I need, I need to do this. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, there still hasn't been a year, like our third year, where we, uh, it was uh, 2008, 2009, that we broke a record for the number of workshops that we provided. Oh, yeah. But we, we finally did actually break that record really? a couple of years ago, but that was with three of us going our wow. separate ways. So we will never come close to what we did in that third year because we did all of our workshops together. So we did 56 workshops together in one year. Wow. So I think the most I've ever done ever was maybe 30 in a year because now we each kind of take our own districts and we kind of go wow. off on our own, but that year will never match. Uh, that amount so yeah um, you still don't slow down in the last two weeks you've been in Dawson <laughs> yeah, Creek yeah. Maple Ridge TRU yeah. yeah well and I think at this point we should give a plug to Lynn McEwen um, yeah. who is the glue that mm -hmm. always held us together and again Lynn's response to anybody who emails or phones no matter how frustrating I remember the early days we could never get the expense forms right for district partner training and it would take Lynn months to sort it out. It still does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh no. But she never lost her cool with the person. Mm -hmm. uh, she might lose her cool here, but she never ever treated anybody with disrespect or called <laughs> or inferred that maybe their brain wasn't working correctly. Um, no, it, it was always sort of, we knew when we were on the road that Lynn was running the show back here and Corey yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, and and Corey was I think uh, a good person to have in place as a tech early on because he was willing to do anything yeah. to support us. Um, I still one of the pictures I have of Corey was going to one of the FASD Day events and. Uh, Corey and I were convinced to enter a relay where we had to carry a watermelon under our shirts, uh, in a belt, under our, you know, against our bellies. And I still remember him running this course with this watermelon, wearing a jacket, and it was hot and sweating away. Um, but then to have uh, Matt Ferris join us um, for the last six years, he's really been the one who has taken this program tech-wise yep. to a whole nother level and has allowed us to do um, to help meet that vision that that the original team had for this program and I think your, your question about tech development uh, when you started doing the online courses mm -hmm. I mean that was a huge step forward and that was what was after it was the year after I left yeah that you so really, about 20 really, kind of yeah. 2012 yeah yeah yeah, and no. an amazing technological advancement. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think we've been very lucky in the program to have, you know, the teachers who did come in came yeah. in at the right time. So uh, Janet Honer yeah. with that whole online course piece. Uh, we had the great Simon Fuster join us who brought in a whole different perspective for us and helped mo us move forward in different ways. You know, we had Jody Sale come in uh, for a few years to 
really bring that classroom side. Um, and now with our current team, with Meredith Curie and Stace Kelsch joining us, uh, really putting it together to kind of push forward this whole idea of not only just sharing the knowledge, but now focusing on having um, that knowledge be directly applied in the classroom. And that's kind of been our focus uh, recently. You know, when I look at the, the successes of PopFest and why we've done so well, I think we need to plug School District 57 as well. Um, so the provincial outreach programs receive a separate funding. It doesn't go into the School District 57 general coffers. So it's dedicated funding to the provincial outreach program. And for years, the early years, we had the undivided support of Bill Stand, even Lenore Gibbons, the accountant, Evan Hatch. We had many a conversation with Evan. And here within School District 57, Ellen Reed. Mm -hmm. You know, Ellen would phone up and he would say, Kathy, I don't understand this. And I would explain it, or I would have to go to Ellen and it was, he was fully supportive. Mm -hmm. And it was that kind of support that really allowed us to try to do different things. Yes, yep, and it's been that way for years. And, and um, anytime an obstacle has come up, somebody in the district has helped us remove it. And, and it's a very different experience, I know, for some of the other programs. Yeah. So, just out of curiosity, do either of you have any memories, specific memories, of maybe uh, an instance or an impact that you had on a student or a family or a scenario from your time working here at PopFast and how it impacted a family with a student with FASD? Because we go and we educate educators and we share this information but I'm just wondering if there's any kind of and we can cut this out for sure but I'm just curious uh, if there's any family or mm -hmm. a kid or you know that you know what we're doing here makes a difference to what our goal is to yeah. providing that support yeah. for those students I think we did a lot of work can I use the last name we, we did a lot of work with one family yes here in Prince George um, and it was an opportunity to go into the home. But again, it was a reverse. We were learning from observing the mom and the kids mm -hmm. as opposed to the other way. So I think your question, because we were, our focus was dealing with the adults in the world, but when I look at some of the leak planning tools that the educators would complete, and then Stacy and I, would, we would go over each one of them from a workshop and give feedback and then some of the action research that we did in the middle years, mm -hmm. um, we were able to track kids over the course of a year. Mm -hmm. And the, we, we weren't directly involved, mm -hmm. but we were getting the feedback from the district partners of certain high-profile kids within yes. their district. Yeah. And that was so gratifying mm -hmm. to see that the, the educational piece with the tools was creating a positive change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's because we do this work directly with educators mm -hmm. that we don't often hear those stories, mm -hmm. but we do get them. And, uh, uh, you know, I just had um, an education assistant from Richmond share with me a story of how she started as an education assistant and her first uh, student to support had a diagnosis of an FASD and had this history of going through a number of EAs uh, because they weren't able to manage him. And so her first step, you know, early on in her work with this uh, young boy as a grade three student 
was to take our online course. Mm. And she talked about how that impacted her in learning from not only us, but the other participants and how that caused her to start in the right way with this young boy. And then she told the story. She shared this with me four years later wow. when this boy was graduating out of elementary school, heading to high school and how very proud she was to watch this boy be identified as an award winner at their year end assembly and how gratifying it was for to see him mm. have success. Um, and this was a young boy that nobody believed would make it you know past grade seven and here he was being a, a very successful person in his school mm. so we get stories like that all the time right yeah <clears throat> yeah um, good okay so uh, I guess we could kind of chat um, go towards I wanted to have this question a little bit more organically. So are there any, is there anything else that we kind of within that beginning that we could talk about before I move into this, this question here? Um, is there anything else that you want to add to maybe the beginning or the middle of pop fast? I think in the middle, um, when we did the research project, I, I guess after about year three, my question to myself was, and then to Stacy after I mulled it over, was, how do we know if we're making a difference? Mm -hmm. Like, the ministry's pumping all this money into us, we're flying all over the province, but is there any positive impact from this? So at that point, there was money available um, for research into fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and a sort of action research. Yeah. So I discussed with Anne George from the University, University of Northern BC, UBC Medical Faculty. I said, Anne, how do we figure out if this tool and if our workshops and if our mentorship is making a difference? And Anne said, well, you apply for money. Anne's very cryptic. Um, you apply for money and you, and you research and you, you get on with it, right? So anyway, we applied for money received it, we being PopFast, mm -hmm. UNBC. Yep. Um, Through the Victoria Foundation. Thank you. Yes, yes. that was, was mm -hmm. alluding me. Yeah. And a grad student, Erica, mm -hmm. was took this on as her PhD project. So it was a pretty intensive project. Yeah. And we worked with a number of teachers, I think six different teachers, workshops, mentoring, in-class observations, for yeah, me it was just horrendous because yeah. I don't do elementary school and I had to sit and squat. Because <laughs> Stacy said, you have to look the student in the eye. You don't stand over the student and look down. So I had to learn how to be, how to survive in an elementary school. Yes. It was and pretty tough. Yeah. And so this was the mentoring project with yes. the primary teachers that we ended up doing. And, and um, that was the project that started all of the mentoring work here that we've done since then. So I want you to know, Kathy, that um, because of that project and that work, we've continued that um, so that uh, almost every single teacher has been involved in a mentoring project in some way and actually stays is currently doing the same mentoring work in his former school oh, wow, with neat. three brand new teachers oh, wow. to teaching and so sharing what he's learned from being in his school uh, over the past uh, eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's um, because what we're doing is we're now 
pushing it forward for what we really wanted to see after that study was done, which was how do we as a provincial program help district mentors to do that mentoring in their district. So we have a number of different projects going on now around that original research study. Did yeah. the CARS research projects evolve from your action research? Yeah, if from the geo clusters. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So, okay, so the steering committee brought forth the CARS idea or was it You know, I don't ideas? remember how that happened. The geo cluster projects yeah. because initially the geo clusters that those action kind of research projects were regional so so we encouraged clusters of districts to get together and do a project so a lot of them were around sharing general information about fasd if i remember right but i don't know how that came about yeah mm. yeah so we have PopFast that has now evolved into a multifaceted program, <coughs> online presentations, workshops, face-to-face -face presentations, workshops, um, uh, cars, action research. What other things, what other items does PopFast offer the educator? Yeah, I think what we do is we just, we still, it goes right back to where how we started, was building understanding, that nugget of information that Diane uh, shared with us so early on. That's the key, is, is providing that information so that educators can then go off and do their work. We're just finding different ways of delivering that message using technology or face-to-face. -face. And, um, you know, it, it continues to be very well received. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting, at one point, I remember the ministry in budget crunch times, saying to us, you should not be bringing your district partners together for a two-day training in Richmond. Uh, it's just not money efficient. And we argued through the teeth, black and white, and we said, what makes us different, uh, different as a provincial outreach program is we have a connection. We know each and every district partner. And we strongly believe that by bringing people together, you build capacity. And everything was always about building capacity. And we won. Mm -hmm. I think we, we changed sort of um, the financing and the budget and mm -hmm. you know, districts had to cough up a bit more money yep. in order to allow this to continue to happen. Yep. But that was such an invaluable piece. So the steering committee was there, all of Pontfast was there. Yeah. Continues and, to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that human connection. So it's yeah, and yeah. that makes such a difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thinking about everything that PopFast is composed of, all the different areas, all the different uh, ways that we meet educators' needs from the, from the past until now, what do you think makes PopFast what it is? Like, what do you think makes it such a valuable and important program that has made um, just these, uh, uh, the difference in educators' lives and in these students' lives? So what, what makes PopFast uh, I'll, I'll jump in with the early yeah. and then maybe you can sure. um, update. Early on, it was back to this document, positive, proactive, acknowledging that people cared, uh, human connection, um, problem solving. I mean, that was Carl's problem solving, problem solving. Don't come to me at wine. Come to me, define the problem and come up with a solution. So that was always yeah. um, hammered away at us. 
Yeah. So it, I think it was that personal piece. Yeah, for sure. And for me, it's 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 going along with that idea. For me, being a teacher, our district partners are our classroom. And yeah. so I approach our district partners just like I would my students in the classroom, where I know the importance of creating a connection with them is so important to the work that I do with them. We need to um, talk with them, recognize what their needs are, what their strengths are, and utilize all of that in coming up with ideas to support them better. So so that's how I think the important part of our, pro our program is, is that we do approach this work as teachers, and that uh, it's just that our students look a little different. <laughs> yeah. A bit more aged. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I think Kathy yeah. probably has to go. I think she said something about yeah, an appointment. But I but, could always come back. But I think yeah. one more, and I, it was reinforced for me recently on a committee with, with whom I do some work here in town. And instead of answering somebody with a no, always answering with a yes and. So the yes is I acknowledge that you are not happy about something and this is what I will do. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that sort of summarized for me our work with Pawfast. Mm -hmm. We always answered with a yes, I hear you and here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Or and what do you want me to do about it? And so never how a shutdown. can we help? How can yeah. we help? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Kathy Hughes. And well, a good luck, Stace. Thank you. With this new endeavor. I'll need it. But this was a great opportunity to hear the history and to hear how Pop Fast was created and the ups and downs and the um, predominantly upward kind of. Uh, uh, trend that it's been going on and how successful it has become because of you and because of the early members that have created such a strong foundation for this to be successful and members like uh, or educators like Stacey Wakabashi has been here for 12 years to keep this ship going straight ahead um, so it's been an awesome opportunity to, to chat with you guys and is there any last things that you'd like to share before we sign off no no <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. done talking. Uh, kudos to Stacy for, sh what's the right word, steering the ship and providing the sanity for the last 12 years and yeah. not burning out. Yeah. 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 No, what's helped me is just to go, in any of those situations, what would Kathy do? <laughs> and, and my response would be, in any of those situations, and what would Carl do? Yeah. <laughs> so I think maybe one of your interviews should be with Carl. Yeah, he's yeah, probably on the right. beach somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Life. That's right. Yeah. 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 So it's funny. That's how it's going to go now. So now Stace is going to go, what, what would yeah. Stacey do? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, thank, okay. you. thank you. Thank <laughs> you.